Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. We have just experienced two of the most awesome days of the year, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. They're days of awe. They're the days on Rosh Hashanah in which we coronate our king. We remind ourselves who is the king of this world, who rules here. And we're reminded also of our purpose in our life, why we're here, what's the purpose of us being here. And then Yom Kippur is a day of atonement, is a day in which we ask forgiveness to Hashem for not being that, that person we should be. We're not living up to our potential. We have transgressed and we ask forgiveness to Him and to people that we have wronged and we forgive people that have wronged us, we forgive Hashem, sometimes we're upset at Him because He does things to us that we're not happy about and we forgive ourselves. So from these two days of awe, we go into days of joy, of awesome joy. And these are the days of Sukkot, Shemini Atzeret, and Simhas Torah. This is the last 15 days of the month, which the joy, the, the aspect of joy is encapsulated for the rest of the year. So. On Sukkot, we have the mitzvah of blessing the four species. These four species, very enigmatic species, and there are a lot of um, different explanations on them, Kabbalistic, practical. There's many, many uh, things to learn from them. And, um, and we can see in this uh, class, I, I've come with a new way of looking at them from Rabbi Itzhak Ginsberg, in Hasidut, we see that we take these four species and we put them together. Each species represents a type of Jew. There's four types of Jew. We have the etrog, which is a beautiful fruit. It has smell and it has taste, and it represents a Jew that learns Torah and does mitzvot. He's a complete Jew. Then you have the lulav, which is, um, is, a, palm, is a, a palm from the day tree. And this one represents that Jew that learns Torah, he's up straight, he's learning Torah, he's dedicated to his Torah learning, but he's not particular in his mitzvot. It doesn't mean that he doesn't do mitzvot because obviously Torah learning and mitzvot are hand in hand, but his strength comes from the learning of the Torah. His discipline is in the learning of the Torah. And then we have the, the willow, which is the Aravot, and this one represents the Jew that does mitzvot, but does not learn Torah. He's all kindness, he's always looking who to help, who to do good to, and this is the Aravot. And then we have the, um, we have the, the, the Hadass, the Hadassah, which is the, um, which is the, um, the Hadassim, which is the myrtle, which it looks like leaves, and this is a, a, a leaf that doesn't have smell and has, has no taste. And this one represents the very simple Jew, a very simple Jew. It's a Jew that's not particularly learning Torah, he's not particularly doing mitzvot. Obviously he's doing good in his life because he has a good heart, but it's not an intentional good, it's not like I have a mitzvah to do. He just does it because this is who he is. And he's a simple Jew. So we learn here from Hasidut, 
that the way in which we take these uh, species together and we shake them, we shake them in the six, uh, to the six corners of the world. We go to the north, to the south, we go to the left, to the west, east, and then we go, um, we, we turn around, we, we touch every corner of the world. When we're doing this, uh, we see that the specific manner in which we do this, in reality, what it's giving us is it's giving us the, the power, the superpower to be able to confront trials and tribulations in our lives. And um, in, re in regard to the way in which we shake them, it's similar as if we're raising a flag. A flag, the name of flag for in Hebrew is Nes, which is also the same word for miracle. Nes is a miracle. And it is written that the raising of the Nes of the four species gives us the super miraculous powers to be able to withstand all the Nisayon, which is all the trials, tests, tribulations that are put in front of us during our life. So God created this world in reality to give us merits, to give us the opportunity of growth and perfection. And the only way that he can do this is by giving us trials and tribulations, because by doing this, then we are able to be the best that we can be. If everything's going beautiful in our lives, then people are not going to grow. People are just going to be uh, stagnant. And that's not the purpose of this world. The purpose of this world is that we should grow and evolve and, and every day be a better version of ourselves. So God created this world for this reason. And when we face darkness of this world and believe in God, we draw the strength to overcome these trials and these tribulations. And we merit a, a, a great amount of light. As in the verse, the nation walked in the darkness and saw a great light. This comes from Isaiah. So, as I said before, these four types of, uh, of, of uh, species that we have that represent every Jew also represent four types of trials that are put to us in our lifetime. Everybody goes through these trials. And um, each one of these, uh, of these species really gives us the strength, gives us the booster shot that we need through the year to be able to rise up to our potential and be able to withstand the, the vicissitudes of life that are put in front of us. And um, so we see here that each of the four species must be particularly aesthetic, but the trog is the, 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 the most aesthetic one of all of them. This one is the most beautiful of all of them. And in the Torah, it is humility. It is, uh, this is the trait of the, of, of the trog, is humility. And it's called the fruit of the citron tree. And it is written that the trog is an acronym for Altevo Eni Regel Gava. Let not the fruit of pride overtake me. And as soon as a person is successful at an endeavor, he can be oversatisfied with himself. So the trog is to remind us that we have to really work on our inflated egos and to remember that all our success in life really comes from God. Yes, we have to put our, 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 our effort, we have to put our, our, our knowledge, we have to put our, our sweat into everything we do, but ultimately whatever comes to us, the success really is in Hashem's hands. It's not in our hands. I find that I, I know incredible people who are very intelligent, very creative, very 
everything and they work hard and they but nevertheless they're not successful so success really comes from God and for everything is from you and for and from your hand we have given you and uh, we see here that we learn from King David who was the most humble of man and so we should be careful not to think that it is our own power power that was has brought us success instead we must know that it is God who has given us the ability to succeed and this is the power that the truck truck brings to us on the holiday of Sukkot I really recommend that you go and you buy the four species I know this is a weird year with the sukkahs and everything but at least have your four species with you and you can go into Habat.org and find the braha, the blessing for this, and do it every day, the, the shaking of the lulav and the trog, and except on Shabbat, and do it because it really brings that energy, brings you that power to be able to connect to this internal power that you have. So then we have the myrtle, which is known as the hadas, and it has the shape of an eye. And this one gives us the strength to do self-sacrifice, to sanctify Hashem's name. And on Sukkot, we take these three myrtle branches, uh, two willows, one palm branch and one etrog. And the myrtle leaves are also three, as they are triangular. And this alludes to the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who devoted their lives to Hashem. They didn't do anything that Hashem didn't ask them to do. They were known as the chariots of God. And uh, as a chariot, a chariot has no, he, it doesn't drive itself. It's, it needs to be driven by someone. So the same way they were like the chariots of God, God drove them. They did everything that Hashem asked from them. So there is another trio of very uh, important souls uh, in the Bible. They were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And these three Jews, uh, these three Jews were these sages that lived in the times of the first temple during the Babylonian uh, exile. And, uh, and they refused to bow to the, to the idol that Nebuchadnezzar had put in front of them to bow to. And they refused to bow to this idol, this Babylonian idol. And what Nebuchadnezzar did to them was that he threw them into a fiery furnace. And just as Nimrod had thrown Abraham when he was a little boy, and miraculously, these three sages came out of this fire on Scath. They, nothing happened to them. They were perfect. They didn't get burned, nothing. So the prophet Zechariah writes about these three tzaddikim, and he stands between the myrtles. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are the three myrtles. And who is in this verse? God the Shekhinah. So the myrtle has a pleasant fragrance. The myrtle, the Hadas, has a good smell and it has no taste. And this represents the person that learns Torah, but is not the, that does mitzvot, but doesn't learn Torah. But in this case, as we're learning today, this, this, this characteristic of a pleasant fragrance is a person who is willing to sacrifice his life like Hananiah, Mihael, and Azariah to sanctify the name of God. And, and, and this excludes, ex, excludes a pleasant fragrance. So this pleasant fragrance is the sense of Mashiach. It says that when Mashiach is going to come, we're going to smell 
Mashiach is gonna be, we're gonna know by the smell, by the sense of smell. It's a very spiritual sense because we're gonna be able to feel that he's here for, because there's gonna be a very particular good fragrance. And I, about whom it, the verse says, and he will give him the scent of the fear of God. And this is from Sahariah. And the myrtles gives us the power of self-sacrifice to overcome any trial and never to bow down to any type of idol. You know, not necessarily an idol is a figure that is standing there and they're asking you to go and bow down to it. But I, I, an idol can be also uh, social norms, things that people are following that have nothing to do with following Hashem that really goes against God. Whenever you go and do something, uh, that goes against Hashem really is like you're serving idols because you're not serving Hashem, so you're serving something else. So we see here that a Jew must have very strong backbone. We should be always very strong and we should not be willing to bow down to anything that executes the fragrance of Mashiach. We should always bow to Hashem. That's it. That's the only one we can bow to. So the palm branch, the lulav, Really, uh, it's interesting because when we say the braha of the, of the four species, we say it on the lulav. Why the lulav? If the trog is a more uh, complete uh, species, why would we, do we say it on the lulav? The lulav has a straight, it's straight and it's tall, it's the tallest one of them, and it represents the Torah's color. It has a taste, but it has no smell. No, it has a taste, but it has no smell. So of all the four species, the blessing refers only to the palm branch. On the simple level, the reason for this is that the palm branch is the tallest of the species and it is what we focus on and so we make the blessing upon it. But in a more mystical sense, according to the Kabbalah, the palm branch parallels the sephira of foundation of Yesod. This is uh, the, the sixth emotional attribute and it's uh, called yesod, it means foundation, it means bounding, bonding, uh, union, and it corresponds to the procreative organ. And so this palm branch lulav is the, the, the it's, it, it protects us from the trial of the evil inclination regarding illicit relationships. So we see that the archetypal soul that represents the lulav, uh, the attribute of foundation is Joseph Hatzadik, Joseph, the, the, the one of the sons of Jacob, the one that was sent by the brothers, he was sold into slavery and he ended up in the house of Potiphar as a slave. And the wife, his, his wife tried to seduce him and he was able to withstand this trial. That's why he's called Joseph Hatzadik. He's the only of of all the forefathers that is called Hatzadik. And it is because he was able to withstand that trial of not falling into a relationship that was, um, that was illicit, that was, it's one of the no-no's of our religion. It's a no-no. So in our generation, many people fall into this. It, very sadly, the, the, the people's mind uh, are not serious in this type of relationships. We don't, people are doing whatever they do and, uh, and society even accepts it. But according to the Torah and according to Hashem, uh, these are not good relationships. They, they, they're not what Hashem meant them to be when he created the, 
the urge of intimacy between a man and a woman, this was not the idea he had. He wanted a wife and a husband and he wanted children. And this is the reason we have this, but not to use it in a, in a wrong way. So in our generation, many people fall into this call. And so the blemish of, it's called the blemish of the covenant. And nevertheless, God supports all, all those who fall according to the Psalms. So we do, where do we get the strength to overcome this? How can we stand firm in this, um, in this hard trial? Because it's a very difficult one to withstand if it's not the most difficult one. The verse about Joseph says, and he fled by a nose from the root of Ness. The, the strength to overcome this trial comes from the palm branch of Sukkot. And this is why we make the blessing over this, this, um, this telulah. Uh, it is the most difficult trial of all, and God blesses us, empowering us to overcome it. In the merit of overcoming these trials, we will merit Mashiach, the son of Yosef, and after him, Mashiach, the son of David. So here, Rabbi Ginsberg is talking about these two Mashiachs because we first are going to receive Mashiach ben Yosef, who's going to come and fight the wars, then he's going to die, and then Mashiach ben David, the son of David, is the one that's going to come and be the actual Mashiach. So then we have the willow, which is the Arava, and the willow has no, no smell, has no taste, it resembles lips. And, uh, and it says that this is the trial of, of the strike of a kiss. So the willow, as we said, has no taste, has no, 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 no smell, and it represents the simple Jew. The simple Jew. Who is a simple Jew? Is a, a Jew, a simple Jew is a Jew that has a simple heart. He believes in God. He trusts in God. He doesn't need to know a lot. He doesn't need to do a lot. He just has it inside of him. And this was the favorite Jew for the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov really loved the simple Jew. He really saw the 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 price, the, the, how worthy the simple Jew was. And he says that the simple Jews for the simple reason that they were part of God's creation. So he loved everybody because you know what? Everybody's part of Hashem. Everybody comes from the same place. We all come from the one, from the oneness. And at a, at, a, at, a, at a point, we're all one with God. What happens is when a person is born, the, the soul descends into this world. He has to descend. And in the descent, that soul gets attached to different places. And that's what makes a person simple or makes a person more, uh, more uh, creative or a person more kind or a person. That's how we get our attributes is in the, depending where the soul uh, anchors itself before coming down to this world. So if a person is simple or a person is sophisticated, it, it's not his fault. This is the way he's made. And that's what the Baal Shem Tov saw in the simple Jew, that he saw he was also a part of God. He also came from the oneness. So we see here that every Jew has a divine soul. And if he's missing from the bundle of the four species, then the mitzvah cannot be performed. We need all four of them to be able to perform this mitzvah. And the willow empowers simple Jews to overcome this, so overcome the trials. So the trial of the simple Jew is the trial of clinging, faith, the clinging to faith in God in every situation in life. 
because he has not a lot of knowledge. He doesn't have a lot of a lot of knowledge of God, and he doesn't. He's not a sophisticated being. So his 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 faith really comes from his simpleness. So the the willow is the one that gives the simple Jew the strength to be able to connect it to his faith. So whether things are going well or not, we must strengthen our faith in God and we must believe that all is divine interference. Everything is Ashgaha practice. Everything comes from Hashem. And as Rabbi Akiva said, all that God does is for the good, is for the best. We have to know this, even though it feels so bad and so hard. Like right now we're in, I don't know, month ninth of the COVID, everybody's desperate. We all want our lives back. It's a huge trial for everybody. The whole world has been into this trial. But in reality, the strength that we derive comes from this, from this species. It comes from the booster shot of Sukkot. And we have to know that everything that Hashem sends, it's good for us. This is good for us. If there's one thing that we've learned from this um, COVID is that we are not here forever. Life is not something that is forever. It's, it's temporal. This is the, the message of the Sukkah. The Sukkah is a hut in which we drink, we live, we, 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 we eat, rain, pour, sunshine, snow, it doesn't matter. For eight days, the Jew is dwelling in a sukkah. What is the message of the sukkah? The message of the sukkah is that everything is transient. Nothing is forever. You can have a beautiful home. You can have the most gorgeous roof on top of that house. You think your protection comes from that or your bank account. And in reality, it doesn't. Not even your life. You go to sleep at night. You don't know you're going to wake up tomorrow. You have no idea. Here we've lost one million people as to date for, because of one virus that is invisible. So this is, the, this is really the, the booster shot for joy in our lives is to know that we're not going to be here forever. As, as paradoxically as it sounds, in reality, when we realize that we have limited time in this life, and we have all these resources that Hashem has given us to be able to fulfill our purpose. Then we wake up joyful, with strength, with vigor. We want to live, we want to do, we want to accomplish. We don't want to waste our time. So this, is, this holiday of Sukkot really is the, the, the booster shot for joy in our lives for the rest of the year. And the willow, the simple Jew, we see that he's simple, his faith is simple. And in a certain way, we have to connect to that too. We have to be simple people in, in the sense of our faith in God. We, we, we sometimes don't need to have so many answers. We don't need to ask so many questions. We just have to do. We just have to go and do what needs to be done with simple faith, with positive attitude, knowing that Hashem runs the world and that everything comes that comes our way in reality is for our own good, is for our merits. So of all the species, the willows are the subject of a special custom, which is a very strange custom in which it was initiated by the prophets on Hoshana Rabbah. Hoshana Rabbah is a day before Shemini had said it. And, the, and which is the last day of Sukkot. And we take in our hands five willow branches and we hit them in the floor and we say a special prayer. And what we do when we're doing this, 
is that the prayer that we recite after we strike the willows on the floor are the secret of kissing. It's like, it's from the simple Jew. He's kissing Hashem. So the sukkah is the embrace of God. He's hugging us. He's telling us he's with us. He's always with us. The sukkah is, the, is a mitzvah in which the whole body is immersed. Your whole body is inside the mitzvah. Hashem is hugging you. And the, and the, and the, and the willow really is a, is a kiss from God. This is what it is. So on Simha's Torah, with the prayer of rain, the unification between God and the congregation of Israel takes place. Prior to the unification, there is a hugging and a kissing. And the seven days we spend in the sukkah is linking link, link to the hug. And um, because it's like the three walls of the sukkah is like Hashem's embrace. And then we have this willow, which is these leaves that have a shape of a lip. And that is the... Um, in, in, in uh, allegorically is like Hashem is kissing us. So this may seem a bit strange to you and to me and to all of us. It's still, it sounds weird, like take these five willow branches and hit them on the floor. But the striking of the willows on the ground have to do, have to do, why do they have to do with kissing? And that is something that only a simple Jew can understand and can answer because he feels with his simple faith that every strike, every blow is actually a kiss. What it's saying is all our trials and tribulations that happen to us in our lives, we don't know why Hashem sends them to us. They're part of our journey in this world. They're, they're part of us gaining merits in this world. But no matter what happens, and this is the simpleness of, 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 the, of the simple Jew, is that no matter what happens in life, specifically when reality strikes us, it is a kiss from God. And this is what we have to get. It's a kiss from God. Sometimes it's a burning kiss. It's a burning kiss, but it really is a kiss from Hashem. And the striking kiss tells us that, that soon we will unite with Hashem. And a new generation of blessed redemption sons and daughters will come and the world will be God willing what Hashem meant it to be from the beginning. And this is our job here, to turn darkness into light, to bring light into the world, to bring joy into everybody's life. This is, this is part of why we're here. And Sukkot reminds us of this special purpose, and it gives us the strength, the superpowers to be superstars. So I wish you a blessed, blessed Sukkot. Haksamea, may you be strengthened, go from strength to strength, from joy to joy. May we see the day in which we're all happy and dancing, when we have no more sickness in the world and no more poverty and no more suffering very soon. Remember, live a little higher. Thank you.